Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode. This is the Pat and Rose Show. We're glad you're here. And today, we got a guest. I want you to picture in your mind's eye just a rainbow and then just dip it in chocolate, put sprinkles on top of it, let the sun shine out from behind it. And that would be her bio if she wrote a book. That would be the about the author. Annie Sakamoto. And, you know, we didn't get to dive into that as much as I wanted to. I actually had it written down on my list of I have limitless energy written down on my yellow pad and then I have a question next to it. How is this possible? Does it take effort or is it natural? I mean, she is a small nuclear reactor of uh, positivity. Me being a cynical New Englander, it just confuses me. So we get to dive into that, dive into the affiliate life, OG from the very beginning in one of the most plur- uh, prolific CrossFit videos ever, Nasty Girls. I mean, you guys talk flag football. What more do you want? Yeah, we talk kids. We talk balance. We talk training. Uh, it was really cool to not just kind of sometimes the OG stuff is surface. We dug into like the stories behind, like what was happening the day of the the Nasty Girls. Uh, we went a lot of different directions. We went a little bit long, so we should cut ourselves short right now. So my friends, without further ado, we hope you enjoy this conversation with Annie Sakamoto. When we did... Uh, when Reebok first came on board, yeah, and we did like the again faster rogue thing. They at the time they made shoes not quite like that, but every single little thing was an individual kind of panel. Yeah, do you remember this? And the first commercial that ever featured CrossFit athletes, like the shoe turned over, and every little one of them had faces. Do you remember this? No, no, not and I at was all. Just like, <laughs> what? What have we yeah, done? What have? We what have done? Oh no, no, no. <laughs> The and kiss was, of death. Uh, it was the kiss of death. And yeah, and like people were wearing them and they were kind of like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm going to like, you know, like maybe tear my ACL. <laughs> it was just like, oh, God. Anyways, well, we've come a long way. I believe we are we are hot right now. We're, we are recording. And again, I was talking about Nike slippers. <laughs> right? When I Just to reiterate. <laughs> those Brooks basics. Uh, yeah. Those <laughs> <laughs> what are they trying to do to us? So Rory wanted to have you on the program, Annie. I was vehemently against it. <laughs> I can I said, see why. We don't need that kind of negativity. <laughs> we don't want we don't want a low energy show and right, somebody who's right. just a gray cloud of rain and not fit. Right. Doesn't know the sport. No. Right. And has we, no credibility. What is there to talk about? Really? <laughs> not much. It's like, come on. Um, are you caffeinated? Are you a caffeine drinker? I, I am. Yeah. So I have two cups right when I wake up, about four thirty five in the morning, but then that's it. And are you snobby? Like are you like, like here like people are like well, you know, this one's a little bit more acidy, and I could tell that this one came from Nicaragua because they had a smoky year last year, and blah, 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 and they do the pour-over thing? No, 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 okay. no, no. no. I, well, I like a lighter roast because okay. it is more caffeinated. Right. Um, Which I, I only found out So recently. you like the lighter roast not for the flavor, but you're looking for the caffeine. Yeah, I okay. obviously need a little hit of energy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Something to get me out um, Exactly. Uh, there was this coffee that when my husband, when my whole family went to New York, we found this coffee, and um, it was, it's called Mud. And the f- spe- specific flavor that we got is called Hippie Dust. Ooh. Probably So laced. Santa Cruz. Like it, was, it should have been in Santa Cruz. Right. And I think it's laced. And I love it. Right, right. Just and I order it be. from New York. <laughs> cream and sugar? Just straight black? Heavy whipping cream. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay, yep. all right. And that's okay. it. No and sugar. Tell the world why heavy whipping cream. Because I, I, don't, I think the people just do it, but they're confused why. Cause Cause it because it tastes better. Okay, because it tastes better. But <laughs> for but, me, but, it's because it tastes okay. better. Is and, there? And what, a, what else is there? Well, there's there's a lower carbohydrate hit. You get more fat and less carbohydrate versus half and half, which is like half and half, right? 
Oh, gotcha. This, this is my understanding, is where it came from. Okay, I would... Interesting. And it is more delicious. If you put enough in, it's like a caffeine milkshake. 100%? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't I would, need sugar. I like 2% milk. Shut com, com, up. Not in coffee. Not in coffee. Oh. But now we're getting off, uh, off tangent already. But New England, Boston Tea Party and whatnot, tea is, English breakfast tea is very big up there. And you always put milk in your tea. And it's got a lot of sugar. So, it, of course, it makes it taste good. So, I, I heavy whipping cream, negative 2% milk. But I, I think this is a in great your time. Coffee. No, no. Coffee, okay, I drink okay. just straight black coffee yeah yep. yeah yep. and i think though this is not about us um but i think it's a good time to maybe reveal just to annie and our listeners a recent revelation isn't there some a life-changing event recently did i yeah you did and it has to do with two percent milk what ha- oh man <laughs> i didn't know where you were going with this mm, now you do <sighs> tell the world I, man get it off your chest i hate to say it because i feel like I have a damaged immune system or I'm not as rugged as I thought I was. I think I'm lactose intolerant. For a Mr. Man, ice cream. A man ah. that loves Mr. Ice Cream. Ice Mr. Cream. Ice Cream. You're I, I going to have to figured, go for the coconut ice cream. Well, here's the... Oh, man, Ugh. bro. You threw me under the bus. Sorry. The, <laughs> I always figured any human being that goes out and eats uh, a, a pint of Ben and Jerry's, a Maricone Dream, the Tonight Dough, what have you. Two great ones. Of course you're going to wake up the next morning with explosive diarrhea. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that just that's what a natural. pint of Ben and Jerry's does to any human being? Oh, so man. I'm like, that can't, you know, that's fine. That's normal human behavior. No one wakes up and goes, man, I feel lean and great. <laughs> and so when times get tight in the morning, I tr- would traditionally just I don't know, make some oatmeal and have a protein shake. And I'm not trying to put water in my protein shake. That's disgusting. So I put milk in there, creamy and delicious. And there would be a short trip to the bathroom after that. And finally, my, my wife, she's like, look, I'm not a detective, but I'm, I'm putting some clue. I'm putting some clues together here. You do this. This happens. I don't think dairy treats you well. I was like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> That's asinine. Yes. How, Raise my hand. How dare you? So she's like, look, why don't you practice what you preach? Take it out of your diet for a week. Try this, you know, whatever, almond milk or some other thing. See if anything happens. It's like, fine. Think you're so smart. Fine. I'll take you up on that. Double or nothing. Did it for a week. And since I was, you know, like using protein powder or something, I couldn't really, the flavor of the almond milk, I don't know, know what it tastes like because I mix it with something else. So it was fine, did its job, and lo and behold, I had a pretty good week. Had a good week, but then I rationalized to myself, I must just, you know, it wasn't it. So I went back the next week to the normal milk, and there she blows. And so (laughs) Toilet paper flying off the shelves. I hate to admit it. uh, In the last (laughs) couple weeks on my cheat day, I've walked down the the Ben and Jerry's aisle, tears in my eyes. (laughs) Just shaking. Just just touching the glass. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And they make a product that's either made from coconut milk or almond milk i can't remember but it's a, it's an ice cream that's it's a non-dairy ice cream and there's three or four flavors at least that my grocery store uh has one's like a seven layer bar and one's something else i hate to say it. now don't get me wrong i'm not gonna be one of those people that are like oh it tastes just the same as regular ice cream it's fantastic <laughs> you people are dirty liars yeah. it's not quite as good but it's certainly it is actually good and it kills the craving uh, you know, I don't feel shortchanged, and you know, it's easy on the septic system. I, I promise <laughs> to get back on track after this. But do you guys feel? Because I feel this way, that it's inappropriate though to call that ice cream. And I'll say the same thing for like paleo cookies. Like, right. I just feel like just call them something else because they're not what you're saying that they are. Right. If it's, There's no cream. 
there's no cream. It's iced coconut milk. It's iced coconut milk. <laughs> or call it something. It's a frozen like, make treat. up something else awesome. Frozen you know? treat. It's a frozen yes. treat. There we yes. go. Frozen yes. non-dairy treat. I just have such a, I, 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 I'm such a nitpicker when people are like, well, it's paleo, I just, but I put cheese in it. I'm like, well, then <laughs> just stop. stop. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, but I eat fish. I'm like, no, then you're a pescatarian. Like, let's just, it is call what it is. Call it Yes. And yep. if it doesn't include cream, it's not ice cream. Agreed. Yeah. So sad um, times. Oh, that was tough. I'm trying to make the best of it. We've got a special yeah. person here. We've got limited time. Yes. All right. Back on track. Um, <laughs> I, I'd like to go way, way back. Okay. I'd like to go way, way back. To the I dawn mean, of time. People know that you're, um, well, we always say you're an OG in CrossFit. Um, <clears throat> but there's even details that I don't know, which is once upon a time, mm-hmm. people didn't know what the hell CrossFit was, even here in town in Santa Cruz, right? Um and then you were one of these people who were the early, um, not just fire breathers, but you're one of the early guinea pigs from what I surmise. So I just, I mean, I want to know your, how you're introduced, how'd you find this weird random warehouse in Santa Cruz and what was it like back then? Um, so when I think this and must what have year been, was it? Exactly. I think it must've been, um, 2013, 2014. I was teaching cardio kickboxing and, and we're talking not like kickboxing we're not talking, 2013 we're talking oh no sorry 2003 2003 <laughs> yeah. i was like whoa, whoa no 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 no, no. <laughs> you're lying i got on the website last year <laughs> and i found this thing called crossfit and i was in all these videos from like really 10 odd. years ago it's super woke creepy from, woke up from a coma <laughs> um and I was teaching like like Tybo, like Billy Blank style. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. And but I knew Eva T from probably about ten years prior to that. Um, we had taken a hip hop dance class uh, that my sister in law taught for years together. So I'd known Eva from that. And fitness was always your thing, clearly. Like, no. Okay. Oh, I'm going to show you a picture after this. No. I was probably 136, 140 pounds in high school. Still five feet. I wasn't. I wasn't five eight back then. Five feet of dynamite. Oh, <laughs> and it was like that. You're stocky. You're sh- pudgy. You're no. I was stocky. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm terrible about like. I can't even tell like what age kids are when I look at them. So now, how much do you weigh? I weigh one one twenty three. Okay. One. Okay. Versus. So it's only about 10, 11 pounds, but on a on position. a five foot frame. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It was way different. Let's, yeah. And yeah. body composition okay. was quite different. Um. But by, but by 2003, by the time I was teaching kickboxing, I was definitely leaner than I was in high school. Um, anyways, Eva came in, she took one of my classes and she said, you've got to come try CrossFit. And I was like, ah, I'd kind of heard vaguely about CrossFit. And I was like, people throw up, look at how fit I am. I don't have to throw up to be fit, right. no way. <laughs> and she said, no, come in, we'll do a personal. Um, I won't, you know, you don't have to be part of a class. I won't make you throw up, just come in and try it. So I came into the original gym. At that point, though, it was already two-sided. Okay. So originally, um, when they moved from the uh, jujitsu place, the first place that they had was only the one side. Do you remember the how it was double-doored? I do. Yeah. So they only had the far left side at first. Okay. Anyways, they had just opened it up. And when, when you say you had heard about CrossFit... Mm-hmm. Um, like break it down because Santa Cruz is a small place still to this day. What are there sixty thousand people here? Right. Maybe like it's, it's a relatively small place in terms of, of cities or towns. Um, but back then, I imagine it was even smaller, and it and it is like a, a small world in the fitness community here. So you had heard like rumors and things, or actually, my husband Jake had done CrossFit with a bunch of surf buddies. Okay. Um, in like probably like ninety six. Oh wow! Yeah. With, wow, yeah. going way so, back. 
I'm I'm really the wife of an OG. <laughs> I'm not the OG. Um, but so so I went in with Eva, and she gave me this workout. It was like ten deadlifts at sixty five pounds, uh, ten pass throughs on the pommel horse because we had a pommel horse because Greg was a gymnast, and then a four hundred meter run, which not knowing about intensity was a four hundred meter jog. Right, right. Sure. And it was three rounds. And a pass through would look like what like. Um, uh, like you start on one side of the pommel horse, you try to shoot your legs without touching the pommel horse. You bring your legs up and then through to the other side. Holy and then smokes. Back. And I was able to do it, maybe because I'm a midget, but, um, <laughs> and I think I was a gymnast in my last life. But yeah. it, so long story short, I was like, people throw up from this. They should really start taking my cardio kickboxing class because <laughs> awesome. they are not fit. This is easy. This yeah. is easy. So I went home and told my husband and he was like, oh, I actually, you know, did CrossFit with Greg. Um, years ago, and I would go take a class with you. So we show up for a Friday uh, 7 a.m. class. And um, there was probably like eight, 10 people in this class. And it was Greg and Lauren coaching that morning. And so they, we had the rowers out. I never rowed on a, I mean, I hadn't done anything really. So they, the workout was, I think a 500 meter row, like 30 air squats, 20 kettlebell swings, three trips around the cargo net, and you weren't supposed to touch the ground coming back around, uh, 25 glute ham sit-ups, uh, three rounds, staggered start. So don't let the person that starts behind you catch you. Nice. Try to start, or that's try a, to catch the person. a way to work some intensity exactly. in there. So for those <laughs> the of trap. us that don't understand intensity, that was the, per yeah, it was a perfect trap. It's still a good idea for affiliate owners, maybe now. It, it got the point across. I was, I was behind this guy, Jack Hespel, um, I remember, and I was catching him and, you know, Greg Glassman and all of his Greg Glassman glory was like, Jack, you idiot, don't let this chick catch you. <laughs> and I was like mortified if, if I caught him, he was going to be an idiot. If I didn't, I was going to be the idiot. Right. Like, <laughs> who's the idiot? Well, I do. Yeah. Another trap. <laughs> exactly. So I did the workout. I did all 75 glute ham sit-ups all the way back, all the way up. Tremendous. So the next day I was like, ah, kind of sore. Two days later, I couldn't laugh, fart, cough, sneeze, bend forward, bend backward, touch my toes. I was destroyed. I was distended. Oh, I told no. Jake, you have to take me to the hospital. This is like something's wrong. I think I have a hernia. And he was like, let me go talk to Greg and Lauren. Let's see what they say. And they were like, don't take her to the hospital. <laughs> don't take her to the hospital. Right, right. <laughs> if she's not peeing cola, don't take right, her to right. the hospital. Tell him it was, tell him it was kickboxing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she probably got kicked. Yeah, total Tybo. Yeah. Um, and that, for me, that was it. I was hooked. Oh, you loved it. I loved it. See, there's one of two exactly. reactions, Yeah, right? that's the yep. mindset yep. right there. Yep, it's it's one of two things, right? And I um, I thought I was fit, and this was the like, uh-uh, yeah. you ain't fit. Check this out. Interesting. And so yeah. at, at any point since then, it's, it. well, sorry, since then it's been a part of daily life, essentially? Yeah, I think originally Jake and I would go like three times a week. We went Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 a.m. Okay. Um, and there was a great little crew back then. I don't know, Chem Girl and this girl, Karen Lutzenheiser. Oh, wow, uh -huh. I haven't heard that in a long time. Uh-huh, Karen Lutzenheiser, who actually still goes to our gym. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, there was just a great little group of people at 7 a.m. And so we, yeah, we just did that Monday, Wednesday, Friday for a long time, and then slowly... You know, that became four days a week, five days a week. Yeah. Coaching. Uh, yep. Coaching. Um, and maybe, maybe f like just to get the juxtaposition to that and then we'll fill in all the blanks, but 
but when, if ever, did you kind of get the inkling like, oh, hey, you know, one day this will probably be on television and one day there's be 14,000 gyms worldwide and one day, did you ever see like, did you ever see that vision or was everybody just sort of always? Not at all. Yeah. I mean, especially because back then you would go to the grocery store with a CrossFit shirt on and nobody knew what CrossFit was. You would have to explain it. And, you know, we always laughed about how do you explain what it is? Yeah. It was such a hard thing to even, you know, what, what is that CrossFit? We'd always pass the mic. Like exactly. I remember even in 2009, like when I was in seminars, people would be like, what's CrossFit at Starbucks? And you'd be like, oh, this guy knows. He'll tell you all about it. Uh-huh. That, that's <laughs> right. exactly that's what Just a small coffee do. for me, please. Yep. And even in... Um, probably 2010 when it first moved to the Home Depot, it was like, they're going way too big for themselves. There's no way they're going to fill this, this stadium. There's, you know, yeah. they're, they're thinking way too big. So then to have been at the games in 2011 and seen that place full, it was like, how can this be happening this fast? Literally nobody knew what it was four years ago, mm-hmm. right? And then now we we still, our family plays a game in the airport, you try to spot the nanos. Because you can literally totally. spot thousands of pairs of nanos in the airport yep. anywhere you go. How, how, and, and how about you in like an airport? Are you, can you, do you walk free, freely amongst them as if you're, you know, a day walker vampire? Or do people <laughs> know that you're a vampire and they say, Annie, picture, picture. A little bit of both. Yeah. I, I've been like somewhere like Kauai. Um, you know, the t- Lahui airport, which is just tiny and had people recognize me and stop me and take a picture. And, you know, my family, I think we, I was with my mom and my dad, my dad's looking around like, why do they want a picture of you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud, but confused. Yeah, exactly. Man, well, I mean, it's, it's funny and crazy. We're sitting here, you know, interviewing you today, but you were, and I'm sure you heard this, hear this all the time. You know, now I work for HQ. This is my entire livelihood, but you were one of the people that I grew up watching the videos of you and Eva T and Nicole or Greg Upminson or whoever it was just, you know, throwing down some Josh Everett split snatching and, and, and all that <laughs> and in my home in Virginia Beach on the computers. I'm like, wow, what's going on out there in California? And these people are crazy and slowly getting the bug. And then when I eventually decided I was all in and ponied up and flew out here for to do my seminar, you were one of the people up there teaching the seminar. Yeah. I re- and I remember having that moment like, Wow, like these are the people I see in my computer. They're really here doing stuff, and it was awesome. You know, it was it was totally crazy. So it's a uh, the whole evolution. Even it's been astronomical. Yeah, yeah. I just had a similar uh, meeting. Well, with you, I think I had met you casually a few times before I moved up to Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Nicole was at my level one, that was uh, at lunchtime. I went up and I was like, I was like, Hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm Rory. She's like, hi, I'm Nicole. And I was like, Frank, I didn't think of anything else to say. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, okay, bye. Yeah. Well, and same thing, like to have thought at that moment that you would be where you are now right. within the CrossFit empire, yep. right? Yep. No way. You never would have thought that. And I think that's the same that we all were back then too. Like when we were making these videos with Greg and Lauren, nobody thought that these were going to be viral videos and that years later you would be spotted in an airport for having you know, been somebody that somebody watched right. on, on video after video. So what, back then when you first got into it, you were, you said that you were, how old were you when you first dabbled in CrossFit? That, I, I gotta do that math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah what, I think I was probably like 27. 27, okay. Yeah, and as you sit here today, master's athlete, mm-hmm. like myself, mm-hmm. how old are you? 41. 41, okay, I got one year on you. So back then, I remember watching the video of, videos of you just blazing, you know, whatever it was. It didn't matter. You were blazing it. 
you and Admanson do in Elizabeth or whatever, you know, 300,000 Tabata air squats in a minute. <laughs> now at, at, at 41, you, you've, you know, training for longevity now, whatnot. Does your training, have you kept the pace? this whole time of what it looked like or things have they evolved and slowed down things have definitely evolved um and and slowed down a little bit and it's um i have a really good coach jason Lydon from crossfit milford and i think uh especially for masters athletes he's the most amazing coach because he is very challenging without just taxing joints um my cns he has ways that he can kind of work me without working me where, I, where I'm done for two days. Because now, here's what I feel. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I can give the same effort, but I don't recover the same. So it's it's the time in between yeah. being able to make those efforts that's much different now. Well, I, I, I fully agree with that. It takes me a little while to warm up. I very much these days embrace relative intensity. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I used to be able to just light my own ass on fire yep. every single day, every everything, and it was cool. And now some days I'm just like, nah, it's not feeling that one today. Yeah. This one's going to cruise in about a C plus. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think a rolling start too. Like today we did SQT, me and Pat, and I was like, by the third round, I was like, yeah, we're moving now. Yeah. <laughs> and time. Yeah. <laughs> just got warmed up and I'm ready to uh, Okay, oh. cool time but i think being able to recognize that um and under have different expectations as a master's athlete is huge mm-hmm. as far as like you said the longevity of it you know this many years in uh, you know i remember back being on the road lecturing things of that nature and we'd be very honest when we would get question, questions from people like hey how long can you do this how long can you hit it hard how long can you gain and improve and we used to tell the audience like look hey you guys, whether you realize it or not, are participants in the largest experiment ever done with high intensity working out. Exactly. So we're getting the data each day that goes by. So are you still now, you know, north of a decade of training like this? Do PRs still come? Is it just trying to hold on and not lose capacity? What's the landscape of that? I think it's more of the latter. It, it's really just trying to hang on and not lose capacity. If I PR, it's by such a small amount. And and right now for me, it's like if I can even hit some of my old numbers, and I'm old numbers I'm talking like maybe three years ago, but, but literally just between 38 and 41, a lot has changed. Mm. What I find though now is that I feel like I can actually do um, a higher volume at a higher percentage of my one rep max. Oh, really? Than I used to be able to. So it, it's like my absolute strength might not be going up, but my ability, my endurance at at some of those heavier weights is going up. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Boz said something cool when he was in here. Um, he's like, let's just be honest. Nobody's going to make linear progress over four decades. It's just, it's just not the reality of the world that we live within. Um, but, but it is cool to know that you can still kind of gain capacities in different places. What's been the hardest? Is there, is there one thing where like, like you said, the gymnastics came fairly easy to you? Is it always the stuff with the barbell that that's always giving you kind of guff or it ha I remember originally when we first started, you know, Nicole and I started right about the same exact time and, um, we're built very similarly. And for me, I loved the body weight and she loved the barbell. So we were actually a really good um, match for each other uh-huh. when it came time to doing workouts together. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I did not like the barbell for a long time. <laughs> I, I hated anything heavy uh, and I like it a lot better now. So, but it was the, the barbell that used to be my goat. Um, and now I feel like 
um, like again, I said, not absolute, but if there's a, a moderately heavy barbell, for instance, the, the bar fight this year, a moderately heavy barbell, I feel like that I can actually do a little bit better. If it's something that requires a little bit of technique, but it's not an absolute strength, then um, yeah. Tell, tell, people what, tell people what the bar fight is, because uh, you, you both have intimate the knowledge of it. bar fight was one of the <clears throat> masters and teenagers workouts this year at the games, and I believe it was 50 chest-to-bar pull-ups, yes. 40 toes-to-bar, mm -hmm. and then 30 clean and jerks, 205, 145. Good memory. And then, you know, that's that. Just a little piece of fitness. Yeah. Slice of fitness in there. <laughs> Just a quick little uh, grace at 145 the, uh, at 10 pounds over the men's you, weight. You know, at, at 41 years old, and this is an audio podcast, so the viewers at home can't have a video, but go ahead and stalk Annie on her Instagram profile. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to dance around the subject. Women in their 20s would kill to have the physique that you have, you know, and you've got it at 41. You said your body composition changed. Yeah. You know, or you, you weighed whatever it was, 130-something, but it was a different 130. The 11 pounds is very different. Did you just jump into CrossFit and, you know, kind of listen to how Greg said you should eat, and wham, your body just changed dramatically and has, you know, stayed that way? Or, you know, what, what's that all about? Well, it was funny, I think, early on, because Greg had worked with Barry Sears and done The Zone, and so that was, that was a big thing that Greg pushed very early on. Um, and I have always liked my food. And I'm horrible at counting. Like, I, I still, I've never counted my macros. Okay. I'm horrible at that. You tell me that I can't eat this and I can't eat that, but I can eat as much of whatever I can eat, I'm good. Mm -hmm. You tell me you can eat whatever you want, but you have to count your macros, I, I fall Doesn't pieces. work for you. Yeah. But so originally, we, um, I, I tried the, the zone for about two and a half days. <laughs> I was, a good fair shake. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it's not working. Moving exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I and I never did anything different until I qualified for the games in 2011. I used to eat two bowls of cereal with whole milk. What kind of cereal? Uh, life. Okay. Life or cinnamon. Life was usually that's a, my favorite. That's a good. You know, that's a very even keel. Yeah. Not too far either direction. Yeah, not we're not frosted talking, flakes. Exactly. Yeah. Not Captain Crunch. Not but, Captain Crunch, no. but also not like you know, yeah. like healthy puffs. Or exactly. Um, and when I qualified, I told myself I would, I would cut out the cereal. I would try to cut down on the sugar. And actually that was probably the, the biggest composition change that I had. And I remember actually seeing Greg at the games, um, cause I had never really messed with my diet before that. And I saw Greg at the games and it was, um, when we were at the pier in Santa Monica. So I was in my bathing suit just afterwards and, you know, I gave him a big hug. I hadn't seen him in a while. And he looks at me and he goes, you're too lean. You're not going to make it. <laughs> and I was, but that always one to shoot you straight. Exactly. Um, I think I was like 116. Oh wow. Yeah. And so I think I was maybe a little too lean. Like yeah, truly, which was, is actually possible. Yes, I I do believe that I was too lean. So then I the next year I hit 123. I've been 123 pretty much ever since, um, and that for me is absolute fighting weight. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny is. The internet's a wonderful place full of great people. And, you know, they might see, could be you, could be any athlete that's just got the body they want, the whatever they want, and they're so quick to dismiss, ah, it's just got to be genetics. It's not hard work. It's not whatever. And, you know, I get to work with you every now and then through the media stuff. And, you know, we'll have meetings. And here I am just 
stuffing a club sandwich in my in my <laughs> face or whatnot, and Annie will walk into the room with a far better body composition than I have, and I uh, can't say it's genetics, because here she is with her Tupperware and her food, and hey, Annie, well, you know, you want a bit of this? No thanks, I brought my own. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's why you look the way that you look, and I look the way that I look. Who would have guessed it? Okay, so the funny other side of that, because I, I, I feel like um, I am fairly disciplined, uh, and that is an advantage that I have. Um, that I give myself. My mom, um, who I look nothing like, but she is 67 and she can still climb the rope and she has awesome. pretty phenomenal planked out push ups. I mean, like not a ton, but she can still do on her toes perfect form push up. And she's got one or two dead hang pull ups. No kidding, at 67. Yeah. So there, and I look at her and I go, dang it, it ain't all hard work. Like I did get some good genetics, so I I won't deny I definitely I, I think I got some good genetics. From you my got mom. it factored in, I, I, and because the other thing that you got to take into account in this conversation is that if only all of us could be like, oh well, yeah, the year that I qualified for the CrossFit Games, the deal I made with myself was a little less sugar and less cereal. Right. right. Like, like for lots of people, they're like, I've been measuring my macros for <laughs> seventeen years, just trying to knock on the door. Yes. So you started with a good with a good. Definitely. Deck of cards. But a lot of it too. So the other thing I think I get from my mom is um, she's very disciplined. Mm. She, she's been a jazzerciser for as, as 41 years, as long as I've been alive. Wow. And she would have a bunch of wine the night before with all of her friends and she would always go to jazzercise. And so I consistency. think. Consistency. Is jazzercise still happening? She still goes. She goes oh, to Oh, there's Crosby. a place to go? It's not like a VHS tape? <laughs> No, <laughs> that's no, awesome. They go to the roller rink. Stop it. Yes, the one by uh, yes, the oh. Santa Cruz roller rink, dude. And she does jazzercise like two or three days a week, and On she does skates? CrossFit the other two. No, I bet she no. has a blast. And she has a blast. Yeah. And she, like I said, she can still she do, can still ball. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm so, I'm so I'm so disappointed to learn <laughs> that if I want to look better and be better. I have to have discipline and eat better. It yeah. just saddens me. No I, I was hoping you were going to say just, you know, some PEDS, some steroids, <laughs> you know, and there's no hard work involved. With, uh, we just had, as I'm sure you're aware, I didn't plan on going there, but now I am. You know, we just had the recent mm-hmm. news of, you know, mm-hmm. Ricky Garrard and that, and that got all the attention, but Wait, wh- wrapped up in there. What know, happened? Ricky Garrard, you know, for the viewers, yeah, it gets stripped of his medal, pop for PEDS, no longer on the podium with the 2017 Reebok CrossFit Games. But in that same article, even though he was the big picture and whatnot, there were two Masters yes. athletes who went away as well. We had one in the, uh, what was it? Uh, Tony Tursky. Who's yes, actually... who, was, who was second place yep. in the 55 to 59. Yep. And then we had a Masters female, female who was first place in her division. And she was uh, 52 years old right. and gone. And it's We're just, just it's just so crazy to me. I I don't understand it. What's just your crazy. reaction to that? Well, I I'm like the naive one that's always like, wait a minute, people aren't just working hard. Am I the only idiot still working hard and like you know trying to what eat are you the thinking? Co- to eat the coconut ice cream yeah. instead of the benjamin right. <laughs> the regular ice cream? Um, but it, you know the unfortunate thing is it is a sport that has sponsorship and prize money, and show me a sport uh, at this level with the kind of money in it where there's not PEDs. I, I think it's very unfortunate, but I think it's 
the reality of almost any sport at this level. I'm, I'm curious because I think there's two sides to that, right? I mean, just the way that the sport is now, if we're, if we're taking emotion out and it's just viewership, numbers, things like that, like who's kidding who, more viewership is going to happen on the individual male and female athletes than teenagers and masters. That's just, it's just a numbers thing. That's what people are going to tune in to do. And I say that as a master myself, the, so, okay, maybe you're, so the prize money's bigger there. So maybe there's some, I'm going to try to take this right. or do this to my body or run the risk because I might make a quarter of a million dollars on the master's side of the house. That's not what the prize purse is looking like. So, so I'm curious when those people pop, was it, I'm trying to gain competitive advantage in this in this sport in my age group, which I don't know what the benefit of that would be. Or is it also, I'm taking these things to try to slow down the aging process as possible. They also happen to be banned substances and now I'm poptic. I don't know which one it is. I, I was talking with one of the other owners of our gym and she was, she said exactly that. Like, okay, I get it if there's a quarter of a million dollars on the line. If there's like 10 grand, are you kidding me? Why would you ever do that? I don't get it. So I, I ego, maybe? That's the only thing I, I See, I don't think. think it's as binary as that. I, 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 I went to school in Texas, high school, where football was a big deal. And, you know, and even with those people, you could argue that they're looking for college scholarships and stuff. But there's people that, that recreational take ster- recreationally take steroids. True. Who yeah. are in the gym environment. I don't right. think you can, I don't think that you can ever pin down people's motivations for, for why they did or didn't do it unless you, unless we can get them on the show. Um, but it is, you know, I just think it's an unfortunate reality, but, but it, at the same time, it's a, it's a great thing in my opinion that this came up now and that CrossFit's moving towards it. That's, that's the, that's the silver lining that I can, that I can see. And like, Hey, maybe, maybe <laughs> when I'm 55, which isn't too far away, I might be like, Oh, I can, you know, this, this product will make me feel a little bit better or whatnot. But, and if I choose to do that, I also have to realize that even if I am fit enough to go to the games, it ain't going to happen. Yes. It's a choice that I made. Right. Yes. And Can't more power have to you. both. Can't you, have both. Yes, if you think that's gonna gonna like if the end if the end is that you want to raise your work capacity and you towards through the end of your life and you don't think that there's gonna be negative side effects that are gonna detrimentally affect you or give you some sort of cancer whatever the case may be fine, but it's not allowed in the sport. Right. <laughs> Just straight up. Well, and it's crazy too because you know when you were talking about those original days with us as you know Greg Amundsen and and it really was and it, it like an experiment like let's see what is 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 naturally possible what these humans are capable of when we do workouts like this um and that's really what it was it was all of us working as hard as we could some people focusing on diet some people not but it was just like let's see what's possible yeah so it is really unfortunate that um you know for whatever like you said the many reasons money fame whatever it's changed yeah it's it's funny this person shall remain nameless i don't know if i told you this but i was having this a similar conversation with somebody from the office today and his analysis just cracked me up he's not a master so i think he was kind of being gentle to me because i am a master (laughs) he's like i don't know he's like maybe you can help me out I, i just don't get it like at that point in your life if you know that there's not big money there's not big sponsorships really or or whatnot so i would assume you're doing it out of love out of passion you love to compete what can i do he's like if you're doing the supplementation or trying to gain some advantage to you know get the the coin purse or whatnot and and that is a big deal because you need it to sustain your life haven't you improperly lived your life (laughs) 
<laughs> and I laughed and I was like, that's a very, ast- I, I can't argue with that. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's, something's gone wrong along the way. <laughs> I, I, I just, just two things. I don't want to belabor this because we have so much to talk to you about. Um, but you said it's changed. I don't think it has. I just think that our, we've grown in ranks and cro- like CrossFit by virtue. I mean, there was an article that we published in the journal probably years ago at this point, but it was called the asshole barrier. And you know for a fact that when you walk into CrossFit Santa Cruz Central, there's going to be a type of person who's been there. There might be people who are transient and they come and they stay for a couple of weeks or a month and then they go. But by and large, the people who are involved in CrossFit for an extended period of time yeah. have the same kind of character and values. And like, if, you, if you're averse to hard work and you don't like people shooting you straight, like you're just not gonna stick around CrossFit for very long. Definitely. And I think you could walk into a gym in Japan and see that. I think you walk into a gym in Africa, South America, whatever the case may be, there's a certain set of character traits. But with 14,000 gyms and millions of people doing CrossFit, they can't all be the coolest people that you've ever met. And so you're gonna have that kind of stuff come in. But I think personally that it hasn't changed because the, the people that I know and the people that I'm uh, intimately involved with in the community still hold those same values to be right. true, right? They're still yeah. trying to see what they can do and Absolutely. how they can make themselves better for, for the long term. Um, can I take a 90 degree turn? Yeah, take it, man. You mentioned, what well, we're talking about the early days, you mentioned Nicole, mm-hmm. and we were talking about viral videos. Um, one that struck me always, and, and it gets so much talk, is uh, the Nasty Girls video. I'm unfamiliar with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, some people may be, but uh, you should Google it if you haven't ever heard of it. And uh, that make thing, sure you put CrossFit. I was gonna say, make sure you put CrossFit at the end, or you <laughs> might get directed to a That's different right. website. And Google allows you to filter too. Make sure you're looking for clean results only. Um, <laughs> But it was huge, right? And it's uh, it's three women doing muscle ups, which people probably hadn't seen at the time, squats and, and some barbell work. But um, we know what it is and we kind of know the impact. But but tell me, was that just a regular day of training? Was that like, was it as big a deal back then? Or, no. Yeah, how did that get yeah, set up? It was, um, I think it was Lauren and she, her and Greg, they said, we have an idea, we want to do a video. Um, and Lauren was doing a lot of the videos back then. And she was like, I have this idea. You, you guys come in on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. or whatever, and I'll tell you the workout, and we're going to do it. Um, so we got there, and she said, all right, this is what it is. And I don't even think we warmed up. Because if you, when I watch my face on the first hang power clean, it was like I had never done a hang power clean before <laughs> in my life. Kablam. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm yeah. almost positive we didn't warm up. Yeah. Um, we just kind of went for it. The 50 air squats was the warm up. Uh, but... I mean, even still, you know, people will talk nasty girls video, nasty girls video. And I still have that moment of like, I don't get why it's such a big deal. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, I, well, the, the, the re, I mean, and here's me just, this is going to be my opinion, but the same reason as CrossFit just sort of happened to go on the internet at the time when the internet was first getting big. Right. And that was, I don't even know, there probably wasn't YouTube at that point in time, right? It was probably just some cool video that people found. And I don't even remember how you shared videos back then. It certainly was. I couldn't tell you. There was no copy share URL back then, right? right? So it was just compelling footage. But for me, it was um, specifically females doing things that I could not do, like literally couldn't physically do. And I was always a good athlete. And, uh, and then the, the emotion from everyone, you know, like seeing the kind of like, what the hell is going on yeah. here? Yeah. It went, cause I was dabbling in CrossFit at the time, but, but in Globo gyms or with friends or like had never been to a CrossFit gym per se, um, or with other people who knew what they were doing. And so that's what hit me. It was like, it seemed like it packaged everything that we love still to this day. Right. 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 And it's grainy and crappy footage, but like the, the, it doesn't matter. It's like, right. it's got that. And it probably sent 
I don't even know what the number would be, you know, back then, but hundreds, thousands of people searching for a set of rings to be like, I, I bet I could do that. <laughs> you know, and then they're like, oh man, right. that's, I can't do that at all. You know, right. it, it, that was my realization. It's like, oh, I thought I was this fit, well-rounded badass and like the first round brought me to a grinding halt. I was like, okay, well, time to change some things. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we were so, I don't know, I can't say we, I was so naive back then. The first time that I did a muscle up, I really didn't even know what it was. I didn't even know that it was a big deal. Lauren had us doing ring dips and she saw that I could do some ring dips and she said, okay, stop. And she, I had never even seen a muscle up. She verbally explained what to do <laughs> And I think on my second attempt, I got it. Perfectly That's normal. So That's annoying. perfectly right? normal. That is so annoying. Here's another one. There was one day, they we did a lot of dumbbell snatches when I first started. A lot of dumbbell work and especially dumbbell snatches. So one day it was just me and, and this guy, Peter Markle. We were the only two in our class. She goes, perfect. We're going to snatch with a barbell today. And I said, Lauren you can't snatch with both arms at the same time. <laughs> what are you thinking? And she was like, just let's give it a try, Annie. We're going to try. And I was like, you're so silly. You're so no creative. <laughs> had no idea. I mean, that's how naive wow. I was back. Then. Like I had no idea what a, a, a real snatch was, a clean and jerk. Like you can't snatch with both arms at the same time. That's impossible. Man. And just, and just look now that, you know, Everyone in the world is just yep. Johnny Olympic lifter and the whole nine yards. Yeah. Even in regular Globo gyms, there's some sort of platform somewhere. Sure. Right. Yeah, we started talking, um, you know, liftoff is around the corner, um, which is one of the off-season competitions. And uh, we were talking about that. We were like, man, like there are now junior Olympic weightlifters, you know, for the United States who literally came from the CrossFit world. Yep. They, were, they learned the clean and jerk and snatch. They were kind of farmed. And the USAW was like, hey, man, you're actually really good at this. Would you like to pursue it? It's pretty cool to think yeah. like back in, in those days, Annie Sakamoto didn't even know that you could use two hands on the two barbell. <laughs> well, and I actually was at, um, I, I've known Dave Durante for a long time and we were at Power Monkey Camp and he talks um, so much about CrossFit and how as, a, as an Olympic level gymnast um, and somebody that just, you know, breathed gymnastics since he was a little kid with really nowhere to go once he had finished um, being in the Olympics, that CrossFit has brought this whole new love and passion for gymnastics. And he's made this amazing career out of what, out of his passion yeah. because of CrossFit. Yeah. He, and he very much talks about how thankful he is for CrossFit and what it's done for gymnastics. It's a mega ecosystem. Yeah. It's just enormous. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about uh, CrossFit in your life now. Yeah. You're an, you're an affiliate owner. Yep. Yeah. When did that happen? Um, so 2008 was when we opened our affiliate. So okay. we coming up on a decade. Yeah. We were all at the original gym. Um, and there was probably about 15 of us as trainers and Greg and Lauren had just moved to Arizona and I was kind of managing the gym, but that was hard. It was like, you know, I would call them up, like we need more toilet paper and they would have to order the toilet paper and have it. Oh, and wow. it just became too hard. There was, you know, we all had classes and privates and it was like time for time for a shift. So, um, I think about four of us, four groups split to create four new gyms. And, but at the time, um, that was the only CrossFit gym in Santa Cruz. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that was it. And so we found a place 200 meters from the original CrossFit gym, which is pretty fun. I drive past the original gym every day I go to work. Um, and it was myself, Eva, Rob Miller, 
Michelle Moots and Jimmy Baker. And Jimmy Baker, uh, he's going on 17, almost 18 years of CrossFit. Wow. We should yeah. get him on the you show. Should. Yeah, you wow. You should. He, uh, he, is, he is why that original gym opened up. So when Greg, I don't want to drill, but how old is he right now? He just turned 70. <laughs> just turned 70. Okay. And I'll show you a, a video. And that he works I have. with, with folks who are he, like uh, 60 his, plus, right? His oldest client is Velma and she's, I think 85. Wow. Yeah. He's amazing. Um, yes. Yeah, so we've had that gym for about 10 years. I coach, uh, five to six days a week, just depending on the week and, yeah. and clients and classes. So you're still intimately involved in there even after a decade. And I'm so grateful every day. You know, it's one of those things where I remember when my kids were little, they don't do it anymore, but you know, they'd be like, mommy, I don't want you to go to work. And I never said to my kids, I know I don't want to go to work. I always said, you know, I'll miss you, but I love going to work. And to be able to say that to your kids, for your kids at a really young age to not think that work has to be a hideous place to be. I've always been so grateful for that because I really do. Even still, I think I became a, a, a trainer in 2004, um, is when I took my level one cert. Even still to this day, I wake up every morning and think I get to go to the gym. Yeah. I'm excited. I get to coach today. So now with thousands and thousands of affiliates around the world, and and no lie, as we do this podcast, there are probably two or three or five, I don't know how many applications just rolled in because we're growing at at a crazy rate. You've got a ton of experience under your belt of affiliate ownership um, from the OG days, going to the games, the whole, I mean, the whole nine yards. What's your advice to the people listening? What makes a solid affiliate that people want to show up and, you know, fill the classes? I think, and it's hard. There's 16 gyms here in Cross in Santa Cruz. You know, we went from one to like 16 in the county. In a small place. In a very small place. Which people would say, that's too many, my gym's going to fail. Right. Um, but we, you know, there's a lot of gyms that are still bringing in people, maybe not 10 a week, 10 a month, but one or two. Um the attrition rate is there. You know, you're going to lose a couple for sure, just like you said. Uh, but I think knowing your core values as a gym, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. working hard, you know, telling people straight, whatever it is, and realizing this is what we've had to realize is that you can't please everyone. That there is a community, yeah, what do you a, mean by a that? CrossFit vibe, a gym um, that may be better suited for somebody else. You know, Wes just might have more of a vibe that somebody wants than we do and vice versa. You know, we have a lot of 40, 50 plus athletes in our gym. Um, and, and we don't have a lot of 20 somethings and, and head banging music. And that's just because that's the culture and the population of our gym. And we can't change ourselves on a minute by minute basis to try to make everybody happy. We are who we are. We have our core values. We have the way that we do things. If you like it, stay with us. If you don't, there's other gyms. Yep. Did you intentionally drive or seek that segment, culture, age group out? Or is it just what happened? You guys reacted to it. I think a lot of it is we actually kept a lot of the original clients of the original gym. So, you know, these are these are people who back then were 30, 40. So now they're 40, 50. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we've been open, like you said, for almost 10 years. Um Obviously, that's the clientele that has the money and the time to come in. Um, and 
it's great too because having like we were talking about Jimmy having 60 year old we have another lady Helene who has a lot of 60 plus ladies nobody can walk in our gym and look around and say this isn't for me yeah because we have 60 70 year olds in class we have a, a, a gentleman Alan Goldstein he's 72 he still does double unders he still climbs the rope awesome he still can kick himself upside down into a handstand. Nice. He's amazing. Yeah. So there's, I love our gym because really nobody could walk in our gym and say, this is too hard. This isn't for me. Yeah. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this, you know, if there's a new affiliate owner listening to this and hearing what you're going to say, and then you mentioned core values, then I would, didn't ask, okay, what are your gym's core values? For me, for us, it's really like to CrossFit for tomorrow, not for today. So, um, if, if, if you can do kipping muscle ups anyhow, should you? No. Will we let you? Maybe once or twice, but we're, we want to peel things back. We want to start from the foundations um, and really do things properly because in our mind, that's how we're going to keep people in there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we're going to keep people. For, our, our injuries going to happen. They're inevitable, right? But trying to to keep the injury rate down, especially with older clientele. Yeah. Um, we have to we have to demand excellence at the like the the walking level before we do skipping and running yeah and uh, how you have multiple owners mm-hmm. are, are the owners the only ones who coach classes or do you have nope. people who are just coaches yep. as well okay yeah a little bit about and we do a lot of personal training in our in our gym so we we kind of our gym is an l shape and we have one side which is pretty much all the classes are run on that side and then we have um, a personal training side and it's just kind of naturally how it's split um, and I would say we run on an average day probably a good 8 to 15 personals wow no kidding okay yeah. I don't yeah. think that's common anymore I don't think it is either because we have a lot of visitors and they'll mention to us I've never seen so many personals in a gym but wasn't people- that a bit more how it started the roots very much so that's Explain kind of how that. I thought. Yeah. People, people don't know that. I mean, maybe I think people think, yeah, of course, CrossFit was always 10 person classes and small group right. sizes, right? I don't think people understand. Like, Greg really Greg started with, with like personal training. And then it would be a thing where if you, if you, it, let's say it was $60 an hour. And if you bring a friend, it's only 30 for the two of you. And it's you more know, fun. for each. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, well, if there's four of you, you only have to pay 15. So there was a, that's how he originally started, as I understand it. It was like sixty dollars. However, if there's you know six of you, then you each pay ten dollars. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's not how you guys structure it now, but no, no, still, no, no. exactly. You, see the, you no. saw the value in the personal training. Exactly, and just that that attention that people were able to get. And so, if we're talking about just like I said, building good foundations. Um, then the personal training is really the way to go. Yeah. How do you do that? Like I understand how a group class grows, right? You know, somebody moves to the area, right. they check out Google Maps, these gyms are near me, these times work, I go in. But how do you acquire personal training clients? A lot is, and Greg used to say this too, is your clients are your best billboard. You know, so they start looking different, they start acting different, they're walking with their shoulders back, their head up, they have muscles where they didn't have muscles before, and people are asking them in the grocery store, what are you doing? What are you doing different? How come you look like that? Um, and that's the way that a lot of the way that we get our clients in there yeah. for Jimmy too, because he's working with older clientele. Um, it really makes the most sense to have personals for him. 
I, I, I'm to my own horn here, but like I, I had a couple personal training clients when I was at us CrossFit. Oh really? And I think that, um, you know, I'm sure that actually I've seen Annie do it. You give freely of yourself as, as CrossFit coaches do, but you also know your value and, and like what you have to offer people. I think a lot of times CrossFit coaches are very bashful about offering personal yeah. training. Yep. You know, maybe they don't see themselves as personal trainers, but of course I'll stay with you after a class and we'll work on trying to get you your first kipping pull up. But hey, dude, if I had you two, three times a week, an hour to myself, like I'm gonna have you kicking ass, you know. Um, so I think I think it's seeing value in yourself yep. and seeing value to them. Like you're not you're not blowing smoke up their ass. Like no. if you can sit with somebody one on one, imagine like the personal attention you could get on just one movement. Like pick one, pick, exactly. you know, whatever, that, whatever it is, exactly. you snatch, like clean said. and jerk. Like yeah, there's so much time to, to pour you, into them that you can't do when you have ten yeah. people. Here's my video analysis of your snatch, man. Exactly. Hey, look what you're doing right here. Yeah. Um, it's it's a phenomenal phenomenal tool that that I don't think people utilize enough. Yep. Now, what is an actual if I if I show up to your affiliate, general structure, you know what does the class look like? I walk in. We always do our group warm up together. So even though it'll be written on the board, I mean maybe it'll start with a run or a row or something of that sort. But then as soon as um, even the stretching and whatnot, we're all the mobility work. We're doing it together. Even if we've done it a hundred times, the coach is going over exactly what we want to see done, what we expect out of whatever that movement is. Um, spe very specifically with barbell warm up, but we move through everything as a class. So okay. even if we're just lifting for that day, we try to do all of our jumps together. Maybe somebody does one less jump, somebody does one more jump. But let's, we really let's say the workout was going to be Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. um, as it should be done, you know, squat cleans yes. and ring, ring dips. dips. So people are like, okay, well, that's going to be a, a five to 10 minute workout. I need to fill an hour. How do I do that? What happens? I, work, I walk in, we start to warm up. We start to warm up and then we'll probably do some um, general, a general warm up um, and then some, some stretching and then probably some more specific warm up. So we're going to take the clean and we're not just going to put weight on the bar and start cleaning. We're going to go empty bar. We're going to go through all the pieces of it. You know, we're going to hang power clean. I think that's called coaching. Yeah. Interesting. That happens these days, huh? It does. And, and then alter and warm up the dip and alternate between maybe some negatives, some jumping to support and then alternate back and forth, add a little bit of weight. So now we start to do some dips. Maybe there's strict dips. Then we, you know, we go back to the um, barbell add a little bit more weight now we look at the kipping and then you know hopefully not only when we start and finish the workout then we have five to ten minutes maybe afterwards to either talk about it or stretch or you know cheer on those that are still finished does your class do the same workout that the 6 p.m class does yep they do so yep. everybody does the same workout yep. and so do you guys talk like curriculum do you guys program together or do you trade off? Yep, we do. We we program together and we've done a couple different ways of programming. Uh, Gary and myself are programming for a while. We'll get some input. Um, and an email goes out the night before about what are we doing at how the how the class is going to be structured what cool. the you know what we're looking for, what the intention of that workout is. So your product is the same whether you go to 6 a.m. Yep. or 6 p.m. Yep. And and some coaches we also don't want to be robotic about it so sure. if one coach really has a great way that they teach this and or that's something that they're very passionate about they want to spend a little extra time on this piece then of course they can yeah. i love what you said about the warming up gently adding some weight people walking around because that in my personal opinion is the time that sadly goes away when people feel the need to fill the hour-long yeah. class with quote-unquote three or four pieces you know we're going to yes. do 
you know, okay, we're doing Elizabeth, which has squat cleans in it. So before we do that, we're going to do a five by five squat clean. (laughs) And then, you know, everything's rushed because you still only have an hour to do it. And then where is that, where is that time to slowly coach, to slowly build technique, to slowly identify, oh, hey, you know, Emily's got an early pull over there. I can work with her for a second. Oh, I've been watching you for the last two minutes. You're not going to do squat cleans. You're going to power clean and then front squat just for today. And I checked your, uh, you know, your ring dips out because I had the time to check them out. This scale makes sense for you. That is the segment of time that I hope uh, affiliates are still embracing and they don't feel the need to fill it with something because they think it's only a 10 minute workout. I have another 50 minutes to fill. So we're going to put in pieces A, B and C like that is precious precious time right and the days that you know every once in a while we'll do a lift and a little quote-unquote cookie at the mm-hmm. end and even those days sometimes i'm like God, i wish we just would have done one or the other because <laughs> it see on paper it looks so doable but like you're saying if, if you're really going to give people quality coaching um, and proper warming up and and proper time to, to work on different positionings um, of, of movements that time gets eaten like no that. doubt it's gone before you know And if you, you know do it. do one or the other correctly, it's adequate. It's it, more than adequate. I was just going to say, so it, uh, Elizabeth, done correctly, you oh don't need boy. a five-by-five five squat. No. <laughs> and I, yeah. I'll share this, and you know, I think we'll keep it. You know, we're, we're a full disclosure podcast here. He's not listening. I work out almost exclusively in my garage. Yeah. You know, and I'm a, I'm most of the time, I'm a one-workout-a-day guy, that's for sure. My wife is a social creature. I'm not. And so she's like, ah, we should go to an affiliate and throw down. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Finally, I succumbed. Like, all right, let's go. We went there. I didn't check what we were doing. We went there and it's that deal where the workout was something that had, I can't remember, can't remember, but there was something in my mind, which was a full-blown workout. Right. Like it was three or four rounds of a few different things. It is the a workout. And then before that, there was going to be like three or four heavy triple front squats. <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I can't wait to see how this gets pulled off. Long story short, to make all of that happen in the hour, we were hustling. Like we had to move just just logistically to pull it off. I've been doing CrossFit since 2005 just fine. That day, tweaked my back. Ooh, Tweaked my my back because it was a rushed protocol. So I just hope, you know, the affiliates out there, man, you don't you don't need to do that. Like take your time, make sure people are warm give them the coaching that they need, they will be just fine. And, and unfortunately, you know, I also feel for the affiliate owner, right? Because right. maybe their clients are seeing exactly. on Instagram or Facebook or whatnot that more is better, yes. that my heroes do all this in an hour. So now I'm coming in, I want to get fit, and this is all we're doing today. We're right. just doing Fran. It's going to take me four and a half minutes. Right. Like, And though, so maybe some people are like, well, we got we got to put something else because we don't want to lose clients. So I... I get that, and I actually I feel that struggle for the affiliate owner. Do you have to have that conversation with people of, of educating them that one is enough, or what's the deal? Every once in a while we do, but I think um, overall, just because that is our message, and we're, we really demand a lot in the warm-up. You know, like if we're doing a, a kipping warm-up, we're focusing on hollow and arch and going through all of that, I think our clients are there because we value that, because we value the positioning before the movement. Um, and so we we focus a lot. And I think just like you said, done well, that's enough. Oh boy. It's kind of that less is more mentality, right? And uh, to lift, I mean, if, if I'm gonna do a five by five yeah. back squat, 
if I'm really going to do a five by five back squat, meaning when I approach the bar, I'm genuinely nervous Mm -hmm. about whether or not I'll get rep five. You know, that's going to require me resting between those sets. I don't know, three minutes to maybe five minutes. And it took me a while to warm up to get to that actual real first set, which was a five. It doesn't take five minutes for me anyway. No. So my hour's gone. Exactly. Gone. Yeah. Well, and if you, just like you said, if you're going to hit a weight that really is, that's going to elicit any sort of response, then you need some time to get to that weight. And it shouldn't be empty bar, 185, 245, here we go. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's not good for anybody. At at an affiliate, can you, can you post workouts and I'm very curious to hear what your honest answer is, <laughs> that have impact to well-rounded fitness, but you probably know are going to have a low attendance day, such as yep. a run of 5K. Yeah. Yeah, we do it. Well, we you do. do. And, we, and we post our workouts, um, you know, a week or two in advance. So people very much can cherry pick if they want. Wow. Um, but and people show up to the run of 5K. Yep. You are doing things right, my friend. And, I mean... Will the attendance be what right. it is? You know, no, maybe not quite not the, the same, same as a seven by one deadlift day. Exactly, but 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 we're not. We're going to post it because we think that's correct programming, and if it's there, it's for a reason, and we don't need. We're not going to trick you or bribe you or try to get you to come. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that's also though you're doing that because you are doing things right and you're training for the long goal. Right, you'd be well rounded across life, not just a flash in the pan this right. weekend. Right. The, the other benefit to a well-designed curriculum um, is for people like myself and Sherwood, who this morning were like, well, you want to do, okay, SQT? Okay, cool. Well, well shit, when do you want to start? Okay, we'll start in a second. I'll jump on the assault bike for like <laughs> 15 revolutions and I'll throw a barbell around for a second and then three, two, one, go. Yeah. You know, like it actually Agreed. appropriately Agreed. gets your body ready for the movement. Sometimes some even, even the most quote unquote, you know, the veterans need to be r- yeah. rallied and be like, ah, you're doing, you're about to do something stupid there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, same thing with me. Like sometimes the work, you know, by the time I've done some of my lifting, some of my gymnastics, I see the workout and I'm like, eh, I'll warm up in that first round. But if I'm going to give the whole workout my all, it means I need to warm up step back you know i need to, i need to put a little intensity on that on a warm up back off let myself recover and then start and again if we're talking about eliciting a response oh, getting yeah. getting something out of what you're doing then it means thinking it through and actually doing it correctly yeah. the lost art of intensity yeah we, right. we we could go down that rabbit hole too but sam briggs just posted a workout within the last few days on instagram and it was and of course she's a, a beast but it was 12 rounds of 30 seconds yes. as hard as you can go on the assault bike. Yes. Okay, 30 seconds. But it was on the five minutes. So yes. after that 30-second max effort, you had to stand around and rest four and a half minutes before you could go for another 30 seconds because she was actually looking for intensity. And then even more so, she made a note that said, on rounds six and round seven, rest 10 minutes. Yes. For a 30 second effort yes. that is a woman who understands intensity yes it was so funny because that day i had assault bike sprints with four minute rest in between 
it wasn't 12 and thank God it wasn't 30 seconds, but I had the, a very similar prescription. Um, it was more like 20 seconds and it was only a couple rounds and it was rest four minutes. And Jay has even said to me, if you can't get the wattage of the RPMs back up to where your original all out sprint effort was, you need to rest longer. Because if you're talking about output, if you're talking about an all out effort, then you have to rest long enough where that effort can be had. I like that one. Oh, you do. Oh yeah. You, you could bring the pain (laughs) on that one. So your last two years of the games, you've done phenomenal. You've been on the podium last two years in a row. So we're talking about volume, talking about intensity, talking about training for longevity. You're coaching five to six days a week. You've got children. I mean, life is full. How much time do you spend these days training to throw down and be a competitor? Right now, probably about two hours. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, I actually took a good month off after the games this year. It, th- this was a different year for me, Mr. Sherwood. Uh, this, really? It was. The, the four days, the nine workouts, some of it might have been the travel as well. I did not feel the same this year as I did last year after the games. Um, Meaning this year you were... I was beat up. You were beat up, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was definitely more physically beat up. Um, but you know what? It, I took a I took a solid month off. I mean, I did little things, but I, I wasn't lifting. I was barely doing anything. Very low intensity. I was mainly driving to and from a lot of practices for my kids. Yeah, awesome. Um, and the and you know it's so easy, especially as a competitive athlete, to think about what everybody else is doing and oh my god, and watch Instagram and everybody's still lifting and I don't want to. But but I didn't want to lift. I want nothing to do with the barbell. Um, and so it's that being okay with watching everybody else do it and not doing it and and the what is it FOMO fear of missing out. <laughs> oh, and never sure, heard of that. Yeah, you you never heard it? of FOMO? No. Oh, man. Um, this guy. Yeah. When I'm eating my Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you'll know what FOMO <laughs> is. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then about, you know, six weeks after the games, when I slowly started to get back into it, it felt so good. More emotionally than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like it felt good to want, like I wanted to work hard again. Yeah. Um, and that was good. And it was different last year. And I'm sure things will change year to year, um, especially as you get older or, you know, the venue changes, the workouts change. Um, but it was, it, it, maybe it's just because I've been in it long enough. It, I, I knew, okay, I need to step back for five weeks, six weeks, yeah. whatever it is. Well, and I'm, I'm personally biased, um, be, but I, I think it's really interesting and an important message <clears throat> that I'd like people to hear. The, the most that I've seen you lately is way outside the gym, right? Like we went a surfing yes. um, and I see you often at, at flag football practice. Like you seem like you strike a really good balance. Is that a correct um, observation or do you, do you feel like you got good balance? Cause it seems like you do it better than most people. Um, I don't know about that, but I do feel like I have good balance and it's been, it's been actually really fun because, um, so Rory's son and my son, Izzy, are playing flag football right now. Uh, Izzy is also playing. Same team or? No, no. no. Oh, Bitter okay. rivals. <laughs> Rory tried to get Izzy. But, <laughs> um, and then both kids are playing soccer. Both kids are in hip hop dance. Um, and my daughter just started middle school. 
So it, you got a full play, so yeah, like, yeah. like, 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 like lay out your week. Cause I think people at home will be like, yeah, yeah, you have kids, whatever, you know, oh, sure. You're driving to practices. Like, what does it look like? Right. So, so Mondays I work in the morning. I'm usually done by 10 or 11. I do my training. Um, and then Izzy has soccer from, let's see, five to six, four forty-five to six. Uh, Tuesdays I work all day, so I don't get home till five thirty. and my husband works full time and drives to San Mateo. So, you know, I gladly do all the shopping, make all the dinners, do all the laundry. Um, Wednesdays, I'm usually off a little early, but Wednesdays, uh, Izzy has soccer at 4.45. Dylan has soccer at 5. Izzy has to be picked up 15 minutes early from soccer to make it to Scotts Valley because flag football starts at 6 o'clock. Dylan gets done with soccer at 6.30. Izzy gets done with flag football now at 7. It used to be 7.30. And then we got to eat dinner. And then Thursdays, Dylan has dance, uh, five to five fifteen to six fifteen. Fridays, I coach Dylan's. I'm doing a little conditioning with Dylan's oh, soccer sweet. team, five to six. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, and she's we have a two- little BA kid, man. Like in like junior guards. Yeah. Like oh, I've bo- got bo- no both tremendous athletes. Yeah. Surprisingly, uh, Saturday we always have two soccer games. Sunday we have football. But the wow, that's and those days weekend. must just rip by, and the weeks yeah. rip oh, by in a great way. In a great way. Every every Thursday night, my husband and I lie in bed and we go, "Holy, it's <laughs> it's Friday! Like how did that happen? It totally. was just Sunday. Totally. There's no way that it's already Friday." But again, it, what's been so great for me too, and maybe this is why it was easy for me to back off from the training, is it is so fun to focus on my kids right now, and. This is the season. As a a CrossFit athlete, if you think about seasons, which all sports should have seasons, right? This is the season to back off a little bit. Yeah. So to be able to focus on my kids, to really feel like I have the time and the the attention to coach their practices. I had to coach Izzy's soccer practice the other day. Um, It's a lot of fun. And it feels good because, you know, come, come the ramp up into the games, you feel really selfish. You have to be selfish. I mean, it if it it is by nature a selfish time of the year Mm -hmm. so it feels good to to focus on them but but even then i'm think i think and i'm just kind of giving you a brag but i think it's probably relatively less selfish than a lot of people like you know i'm sure you're competing against people who don't even have kids or it's not it's not a knock on them i'm just saying you know right um, i think i think you do it really well thank you um and i think the the niners are gonna whoop the panthers ass on (laughs) sunday (laughs) just (laughs) just so you know my son's team is undefeated i was gonna say what's the stats right now (laughs) yeah we're Uh, crushing it so their coach is a high school coach at uh, socal high Mm -hmm. yeah so he's oh no no santa cruz santa cruz high so he's he's a local high school football coach and he knows what he's doing, and all of us are just sort of oh, like, yeah. damn it. <laughs> and he, his dad coached Harbor High and uh, Santa Cruz High, so he comes from a family of football coaching. Right, right. so he knows what's up. Yeah. And, but, but that's not to say, like, it's still a very talented. You have to be talented yes. to take that and put it on seven and eight-year-olds, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and actually, stuff. so between us, and who knows if he'll ever hear this podcast, but um, Izzy had a little pregame anxiety because... Paul coaches these seven and nine year olds sometimes like they're uh, junior, uh, juniors in high school. Gotcha. And it, it is he had some pregame anxiety and we had to talk him off a cliff. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Before last. So this last Sunday, he was like, no, I, 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 I think I'm done for the year. I mean, he was and you've seen how much he loves football. Yeah. Um, and we you know, it was a delicate balance for my husband and I because 
is his coach a little a little out you know a little too rough on seven and nine year olds sometimes probably is that the reality of of sports and if we and we told him hey if you're gonna play sports you're often gonna get a coach that you're not gonna like or is not gonna be agreeable or not gonna pat your back every time but what yeah but then it begs the question at what age should it slide from fun yes. to now stern and yes uh, you know is uh, there's, it, there's is always it, the is different styles of coaching and it always resonates with different athletes in different ways yeah. i think and it's funny you know so let's take this to gus's soccer mm-hmm. where i where i'm very coddling and i'm very oh they're only seven you know they just need to have fun and they always want to come back and make sure they're good well we're going to watsonville and we're getting our asses whooped like 13-0 in soccer and these kids are like literally by the end of it, their their coach is like, "Okay, guys, uh, three passes before you can score," and they're playing keep away from our kids. <laughs> right. And I'm like, "Okay, so clearly they have the capacity at that yeah. age to do certain things. It's just like what you're trying to get out of it." And for me, sports was always, um, I learned a lot from sports. Yeah. You know, in terms of, you know, life lessons. Exactly. I think there's it's the best place to learn life lessons. Yeah. You know, as as a small child and as an adult. Yeah. And so where it falls on on how you coach kids in flag football, I, I don't. I'm not here. I'm not here to say which is right or wrong. But I don't want Izzy to not want to play football. Well, so it was funny. So we said, all right, son, if you, we'll watch him today, and um, we'll gladly say something if it's inappropriate. Right. And he was a different coach that day. Who knows if a different parent had said something? Yeah. Um, you know, Izzy was. He definitely had some anxiety. He ended up scoring two touchdowns and three two-point conversions just in that game. Wow. Um, and, of course, loved it. Yeah. You know, had yeah, a blast, yeah. walked away, can't wait for my next game. But on Sunday, I'm going to get all up in his head. <laughs> hey, man, Paul's watching you, bro. Like, I don't know what I don't know what's going on, Izzy, but, like, Paul. <laughs> He's got the ass out for you, Izzy. <laughs> I wouldn't even go out there. I wouldn't even go out there. Because <laughs> we play you on Sunday? Yeah. yeah. The Thursday, we'll play the high school. Yeah. Um, the poor Raiders are going to get the wrath of the Panthers yeah. and then, uh, we'll see you on Sunday, but it's really fun. It's, it's a cool, really fun. it's such a, di- it's a really different sport for kids. You know, like yep. last year, Gus was six. We had two six year olds on our team oh, wow. and to tell them like, Hey dude, you got to stand here and then you're going to do this and this, and this is going to happen. <laughs> and they're just like, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Every inevitably, every time ready break, they would take one step away from the huddle and then turn around immediately and be like, wait, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, but like Rory's saying now, so it's, it's flag football. You know, there's no way we would let Izzy play pop Warner. Um, so it's all agility. And yeah. when you watch these kids run, it is amazing yeah. what they're doing out there. But there's actually, there's been plenty of completed passes. Dude. I mean, there's, there's plays going on. Yeah. And uh, you're starting to see the game actually yes. develop. And and you're starting to see natural athletic ability too. Yes. Like there's some kids on our team just break kids' ankles, you know, like they, they'll cut and the yes. people just go boom. And you're yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. You can't teach that, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It's like so, watching watch watch mimic it. Yeah, kids sports is fun to watch. It's really fun. Um, and I think for me, like I miss I miss coaching a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it. I think the same way that when I started coaching CrossFit, I coached beginners, and I think there was more to be gained from coaching beginners because you were forced to use every tool in your toolbox. Hundred percent. And you know, I'm, I'm going verbal here. I'm going tactile. I'm gonna. Yep. I'm gonna try everything in the book, man. Hey, look at yep. this picture for God's sakes, yep. you know. Um, I think kids are the same way. It's yep. like you got to approach it from different angles. You got to try different things. Explain it differently. Um, so there's a lot to be gained. Um, again, I'm going to turn on you. Okay. Uh, the one thing, can I tell you the only thing I didn't like about CrossFit Santa Cruz Central? Yeah. There weren't enough anti-Sakamoto classes. (laughs) 
There was only a 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah. I would be, I would go every single day. Is it still, really? only, is it still only 9 a.m.? 9 a.m. And that's not a knock on your other coaches. I'm sure they're yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But you yeah. know when you're drawn to one person yeah. and like it just Thank resonates you. with you. This is kind of back to our coaching conversation. Um, just 9 a.m. And then Friday is 6, 7, 8, 9. Yeah, a.m. A.m. Oh, see, I'm a, I like an a.m. And class. then uh, Tuesday is 4 p.m. also. Oh, and okay. Then I, cool. And then I do All a lot right. of personals. Did it used to be that way? In no. 2009, I no. felt like you were yeah. only no, 9 a.m. No, 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 no. And I was yeah. like, come on now. Yeah, 4, p- uh, 4 p.m. for me want. is Give nighttime. What they want. <laughs> yeah, 4 p.m. for me is nighttime. Right. But now that the kids are older, it, it's easier for me to take an evening class. And that we realized that it was important for me to have an evening class because I didn't know a lot of the evening clientele. Right. Um, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So you yep. want to kind of get so to know everybody. I, yep, yep. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. I love coaching yeah i do um and i really like a lot of it i mean i like seeing results i like teaching people how to do things but for me i just really like connecting with people um and there's there's a lot of different ways depending on the person obviously i humor is my favorite way to connect with people um but whatever it is i like to know people's stories you know where they're coming from where they're going to why they're in the gym um, what they do on the weekend. Totally. Um, even more so, it, I, we do a lot of stuff. This is this is a me thing, but which way do you put your toilet paper on the roll? You know, it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a big deal. strong opinions over there. Yep. <laughs> Just you different. put it on the right way, the wrong way. Is it, that what you mean? <laughs> pretty much. Okay, so, so what is the right way? That was an way? Instagram post you did, right? Yeah. It was what like, is the right way? Uh, the, the right way is, you know, where there's a sheet hanging down from the top, not under reaching the back yes amen yeah. brother <laughs> and i posted that somebody was like oh well you must not have kids or an animal I'm like i got a six-year-old six-year-old an eight-year-old and a dog yeah exactly <laughs> what does that have to do with putting the toilet paper on train them train them right <laughs> exactly nobody's gonna teach if i walk you. into a restroom and it's the other way i have to change it it bothers it, me i'll be like somebody, a public restroom i'll be in somebody else's home yeah Swift flop. <laughs> oh, you really? yes now, oh my god now do, do a solid do paper awesome. towels do the same thing for you? Uh, we have a vertical paper paper. Yeah, us paper too, towel but what if there, you're so. somewhere oh, else? Oh, without question. Yeah, it's got to be. Oh, it'd be like sand in my eye. I just couldn't <laughs> live. I couldn't. It would irritate me to no end. <laughs> okay. So speaking of toilet paper, do you fold or do you wad? I fold. You fold? It, yeah, yeah. Is that, is that a seal thing? Well, I've heard that's like a, a wad. The wad doesn't seem like an, an effective engineering an effective, thing. That's a, yeah. I'm trying to get my kids away from wadding. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's just a waste. Yeah, it's just a waste. I, I remember. It's less surgical, you I know? remember when it's I like, when I yes. learned twofold. I was a, a very young child, toddler, whatever, and my grandfather, who's no longer here, you know, walked into the bathroom of his house, and I was doing that. And he was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> He's like, give me that. This, this, this is what you got to do. And I was like, oh, all right, great. From then on, straightened out. <laughs> our, our new reality, living in a fifth wheel, is uh-huh. it's like it's like being on a boat, like, and it's been very interesting conversations with the kids, just because you know, like before, sometimes they're just like half a roll of toilet paper, you know, like, right? Why my butt, man? We use like <laughs> seventeen hundred sheets of toilet paper and step on them to stuff them down. Something the happened to like, the toilet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something happened to it. Yeah. Where's the toilet paper? My kids have gotten the the cardboard roll of the toilet paper down the toilet. <laughs> you know how kids are, but I was like. <gasps> That's I was like, impressive. how did it happen? Oh, I, don't yeah, I, don't I don't know. Just slipped out of my hands into the toilet. <laughs> I'm going to strangle them and cuddle them at the same time. Uh-huh. I was like, you know what? If this wasn't going to be a good story in a podcast one day, 
I'll kick your butt. <laughs> but it is. Uh, what do people not ever ask you or know about you that they that you wish they did in your public in your now public persona? Hmm. Probably if I fold or wash. <laughs> the important, I, the important stuff. I wash. I'm embarrassed to admit it in front of the two of you, Don't but I won't. I, I think you need to look on the bright side that there's an opportunity <laughs> for oh, right. Nowhere to go for us. quality of life. It, well, and back to the old uh, uh, Ben and Jerry's, <laughs> I... I don't need to save that much toilet paper. Maybe that's why I wad. But maybe when you're going uh -huh. through toilet paper at such a rapid An rate. An alarming rate. That's right. That's right. You're killing trees, sister. <laughs> yep. No. Point, point taken. Point taken. I'm on a better path now. Um, uh, how do you enjoy being part of the media team? Like the, uh, the you're, you've become more and more involved with the, yeah. the, over time. I, I love it. Um, it's very nerve wracking for me like wildly nerve wracking, especially being with Pat and Tommy and Sean, not because they're mean guys, but because they're all so good. Um, and it's a very new domain for me. But I love that because... You're crushing it, by the way. Agreed. Sweet. Thank you. Um, because I love a challenge. And I think that's what CrossFit has taught me the most. And it's actually a big reason of why I continue to compete is to let my kids know that challenge is really important and you only grow from being challenged. So it's very uncomfortable, especially when, like, when we start the regionals weekend. It, I'm so nervous. I feel like I'm about to go out on the floor of the games. Like <laughs> right. my palms are sweating, my mouth is dry. I've got rings under my armpits. I'm a wreck. Um, I have to pee 55 times. But you know, by the end of the weekend, I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait for next year. I can't yeah. wait to do this again. And um, just that being, being challenged, being uncomfortable is a really good thing. So Agreed, I love yeah. it. Leads, leads to growth. And exactly. you've, got, you've got the raw, I mean, we didn't ask you to come in and fill that role at the desk arbitrarily or for no reason. I mean, you've got the intangibles, as we would say <laughs> in the level one staff, right? The personality, charisma, engagement. You can't, you can't teach somebody to be likable. Mm -hmm. You can teach mm -hmm. them where to look for the camera, how to toss to a program, how to come out of a package, how to speak over B-roll. Like there are things that you can do, but if the, right. you can teach somebody that, but if, if they're a wet blanket, <laughs> when the camera clicks on, then then it's a boring program. So you had, don't, don't sell yourself short. You had the raw material and you know, then you just needed to learn. This is just how you do certain things right. on camera and it's been good to go. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I really enjoy it. It's been a ton of fun. And again, it's one of those things where, you know, eight years ago, five years ago, if you had said, yeah, there's going to be this update show and all these people are going to watch it and it's going to come from, you know, Scotts Valley and uh, pipe to the, all over the world and you're going to be on it. I've been like, you're so out of your mind. Do you struggle at all in that role if you're on the update show during regionals or, or whatnot or, you know, um, and you have to look at the camera? <laughs> and say another athlete's name and why you don't think they're going to do well or so-and-so is, you know, it's not going to be a good year or they bombed that workout. Does that come easy for you? Or is no. that another stress-inducing oh, yeah. evolution? <laughs> yeah. You see all these gray hairs? <laughs> for sure it's from that show. Um, yeah, no, but it's, it, it's good, especially being with you and Tommy and Sean because um, you guys are all professionals, but we have a ton of fun especially when the cameras aren't rolling. Um, and it, so I, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot from you guys. I got, let me see if I can find this. Cause recently we did something. Um, when we first had like talent training, uh -huh. this is true. They spent, um, half of one day 
explaining to us why we couldn't hug the athletes after we interviewed them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> because think about like 2011 and 10, like when we first were doing it, it was just like, yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations. Just like hug as if we're like, you know, we're besties. And that was just the culture, you know? Well, and, and you know, everybody so well, it's, <laughs> right. uh, you know, and it's such an, it's emotional, very hard not to. Yes. But I, I understand that it, uh, for major network television, they're like, well, it really gives you, it, it, it takes away from your credibility and theirs. Yes. You know? Okay. Here we go. I found the text. So we're in the season where the invitational is coming up yep. and we just did invitational shows about the four teams, how they did last year and all that stuff. Well, Canada didn't really knock it out of the park. And so I, I shot it straight on the program and, and you know, we shoot these shows and they, they may not go up for a week and we right. could have shot two others in the meantime. So, and I may not know the day that they get posted. So I don't realize that the Canada show will get posted and you know, I'm, I'm at home doing whatever. My phone buzzes. It's Michelle Laton, Latondra, <laughs> and I'm I'm like, okay. I, I click on. I'm like, oh, Michelle, what's she gotta say? And it says, Pat, dot dot dot. Like, <laughs> dude, we worked hard. And I was like, I have no recollection what she's talking about. I said, what do you mean? And then she put in quotes, they did just awful. <laughs> they lost by a wide margin. <laughs> <laughs> so all I could do was send back the emoji of the Canadian flag and, a, and like a bicep flex. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, you know, that comes with the territory. It does. Yep. It does. yep. Because you, you can't sugarcoat it all and you got to be real. And I've said some stuff about Josh Bridges that I forgot. And he's not, you know, he'll tell you how he thinks that I forgot. And the, the show went up a week later. <laughs> And my phone buzzes, you know, as I'm watching Netflix that night. I'm like, ah, Josh Bridges, that's cool. What's up? And uh, all it says is, Roger that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, there must have been a show that just went up. He's like, do you ever go back and watch what you said? Like, yeah. You, so yeah. And, and, and luckily, I mean, it's all usually, usually yeah. good, good natured ribbing. I mean, uh, they understand that a show where an analyst doesn't make bold predictions yep. whether they're positive or negative that's a boring show yeah. yeah and a show where all the analysts agree that's a boring show where they say everyone's wonderful everyone's going to do right. great that's a boring show so they they know that but still they're human beings so even though they know that if i say yeah i think that rookie performance was a fluke that's not going to happen next year it still stings totally you know so it's an interesting balancing act yep. you know what like super stings though is when it's on accident like, uh, what year was it where you were just sort of warming up? Like, you know, when the cameras are off, like you said. Oh, right. There was a point at which Sherwood, <laughs> and you were, it was still kind oh, of like, boy. it was humor and it was good natured. At the but games? Like 2013 or 14 games. At the games. It was going nowhere on the internet, but it was going to the athlete warm up area. My mic was hot. Mic and I didn't know hot. my mic was hot. And he's just doing Mystery Science 3 that as an on, on athletes. And it was like, oh my God. There was like a, a monitor with like live feed going. And I was just talking to, I think Spiel might have been at the desk that time or whatnot. I was just having like a stream of consciousness. Uh-huh. That, and I think I said something like, I was talking, I think Katie Henniger might have been with me too. And something happened. I don't, I don't remember the event, but Christy Phillips was competing. I don't know if it was Phillips or Adkins back then, but I was like, oh man, Christy Phillips really crapped the bet on that one, didn't she? <laughs> And, and it was going right to the and athlete. I, yeah, I said something about like Jason Kalipa being a, like a science ape that had escaped from a prison. <laughs> it was terrorizing L.A. 
and how it was a monologue that went on for like it did it wasn't just like a a beep it was like spieler was this little you know midget (laughs) puppet thing and i mean i just i had this litany of things that i was saying and i get this text from jason mcdonald who's one of the level one trainers up in canada and he goes he goes dude he goes what you're saying is hilarious but just so you know i'm under the stadiums being pumped through the pa system (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh no (laughs) so i immediately and then i saw christy like later that day in the in the and i didn't know if she happened to be somewhere that she heard it and what i said was true she didn't do well in the event now i phrased it in a very coarse manner but it was the point was true right and i saw I her and i was phrased like phrased it in a coarse manner i saw it and i didn't know so i was like hey christy how are you <laughs> and, I, and she was like oh good how are you doing i'm like okay she didn't hear, she didn't hear. <laughs> roger that <Yeah>. bro <laughs> um I feel like we could talk all day. We probably should. But I think we ended really well on uh, Annie Sakamoto says that Christy Phillips crapped the bed. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Christy. Put out, uh-huh. put out that misinformation. Yeah. Roger that, Annie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. Um, this was awesome. Thank you for having this me. This is a fun format, right? So fun. Yeah, we could kind of just Especially with you guys. And I think there's still a lot left to be talked about. We still got to talk about should masters have regionals. We still got to talk about mm, um, all kinds the, the, of stuff. Mm. The vocal and active and awesome uh, masters community, and um, to be continued. To be continued. Love it. Thank you, Annie. Thank you.